Welcome to the Whence We Came Project Podcast, an archived audio anthology of American lives, both local and legendary, as told by the Americans that live them. My name is John Owen, and I'll be your host. The following is the first in a series of conversations that I had with Miss Rhonda Wary. Soon we'll be discussing the unique challenges and blessings that come with being the wife of a naval officer. But today our conversation focuses on Rhonda's upbringing in a small community in Wisconsin and the many ways that it helped form the person she became. I hope you enjoy. Good morning, Miss Rhonda. Good morning. (laughs) How are you? I'm great. As I was just saying a moment ago, (laughs) the recorder went crazy. Um, If we were going to uh, be writing the book of Rhonda... Let's start at the beginning. Tell me uh, when and where you were born. I was born in Sparta, Wisconsin, <laughs> 1966. I am the oldest of two children. Um, my parents are Bruce and Rosemary. They are still living. They live in Wisconsin. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, my um, They married very young. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was 17. Ma- maiden name? My mom was Rosemary Johnson. No, I'm, your maiden name. My, ma- my maiden name was Rhonda Eney. Okay. A N E Y. Okay. So, okay. Yes. Um, so my mother was um, a Johnson. She was 17. She was the, there were six children in her family, and she was the oldest girl. There were three boys, three girls. Yes, ma'am. Two older brothers, and my mom, and then three youngers. Um, and then my dad was the baby of the family of two, and his older sister Carla was eight years older than him. Wow. So um, mom was 17 going on 18, and my dad had just turned 20. Oh, wow. Both so very were, young. They were very, very young, mm-hmm. yes. How did they meet? Um, they, they met um, my dad. My dad lived in town, um, my mom, and by town, cataract. Um, and my mom was a country girl, and she would come into town for catechism class at the Lutheran Parsonage. Yes, ma'am. Well, my my dad's parents owned a grocery store at the time, and after catechism class, she would walk to my grandparents' grocery store and wait for her father to come and pick her up. Well, apparently, the story goes that my dad... <laughs> would be there and uh <laughs> my mom would walk in and he Tim is in the background chuckling yes, by the way if laughing. someone's wondering if you know my mom and dad it's quite funny, <laughs> it's funny. so th- this is they're probably about 12 years old at the oh, time wow, so 12 very 13 young. yeah yes, cuz you take confirmation classes in from 6th to 8th grade so okay. so she would walk in the store and they were poor my my mother's family is poor and my dad's family was not um and he would see her, and my mom loved fresh fruit, and it was a treat to get it. And my dad would see her come in, and he'd walk over to the counter where the bananas were, and he'd pull a banana and slowly peel oh, it that's in great. front of her, and then take a bite. And <laughs> so that's funny. That's how they met. But they went to different schools. They she went to a country school, and he went to the school in town. So. Did they develop a relationship then? They, yeah, oh, yeah. I cool. think I think they. Um, it was actually high school then that right. they met, and and then my dad and my mom's brother were friends. So, 
That um, is so neat. But they all got married very young. You right. Know, what did your father do? My dad, um, he started out when I was a kid. He worked for um, a construction company called Overguard Construction. He drove a dump truck. Uh-huh. And um, then he... Through the years, he ended up retiring as a UPS. He drove 18-wheelers for UPS. Oh, but wow. Okay. He worked for um, a beer distributor. He would haul. Um, he would have to get up um, usually like 4 in the morning. Wow. And he would drive to um, into Sparta where the truck was, you know, the distributor. And he'd drive that semi to milwaukee which um was probably at that time with speed limit laws it was probably about a four-hour drive i see every day he would drive down there wow and he'd leave so early because he'd want to be first in line to get his truck loaded because the later he got there the later in the day and then he'd get the truck load the truck would get loaded and then he'd drive back to sparta and then he'd have to unload it in their warehouse you know and then then, but he was home at night. He was, was home he at night. Yeah, over the road? he was okay. home at night. Yeah, but usually, you know, after six, and um, he would he would call my mom. Um, usually, I think usually by four in the afternoon, and say, you know, I'm I'm back. I'm unloading, and I'll be home. And then mom would know when to make supper. Outstanding. And your mom was a homemaker. Yes, my mom was a homemaker. Um, when I was in. I, I think I was in fifth grade. She, um, well, she would work um, seasonal jobs, mm-hmm. um, like for Christmas money. When I was real small, and my brother was real small, she worked for um, Habelman's Cranberry Marsh, um, and she would sort cranberries in the fall, and then that would be Christmas present money. That is so neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she didn't stand in water and do all that stuff. No, right? it she, would be a conveyor belt. Yeah, I was going to say, you, belt, I've seen the commercials. Yeah, That's all no, any no, of no. us have she ever seen. She doesn't do that. <laughs> no, she didn't work in the bogs. No. <laughs> the bogs. No. I didn't know how that worked. That's, That's kind of cool. Yeah. Do you have any memories of your grandparents? Oh, yes. Yes. So tell me. So, um, well, who do you want to start with? Either one you wish. We're going to talk about both sides. So, um, my, we'll start with my mom's. Okay. So my mom's grandparents, because um, that's kind of the connection to Tim. Um, so my mom was the oldest girl, and she had two older brothers. And her parents, um, Kenny, I found out. So Kenny, um, he he worked um, in... Um, he was a farmer, but he also worked for the county. That was what he retired in. My grandma was a homemaker. They had a farm. You know, she, the, the woman never sat down during the day. She got up in the morning, and she did not sit down until she went to bed at night. Wow. Except during lunchtime, she would watch the stories. It's so great that you call it that. My grandmother mm-hmm. called it that as yes. well. That's cool. As world turns, guiding yep, light. Exactly. For those yeah. of you who know yep. the the stories on CBS, that's what she watched. <laughs> that's so neat. So um, they they lived out uh, away. From, uh, what was it from our house to their house? About three miles, probably. But it seemed like a long way. You know, right. it was out in the country, um, and. 
Um, so I didn't see them as often, um, even though they live. You know, I'd see them. I'd see Grandma at church because she would come to church. Right. Um, Grandpa. Um, he he. What what my memories of Grandpa, um, of my mom's dad, not real sociable. His mother had passed away when he was ten. Oh, wow. So you learn things later, you know, as you get older, and you kind of can understand things from right. an adult perspective that you couldn't when you were a child. So true. But the the biggest event in my that side of the family's life, when I was 12, my grandmother, um, they had a big garden, and um, they always attempted to grow strawberries, and not very successfully. They'd get huh. a few, but... But they, I mean, it was a huge garden. They'd plant watermelon and pumpkins. And um, I can remember at the, when the pumpkins were orange, you know, and whatever time of year that was, I don't know. My grandma would let us take a little knife and put our initial on it, and then we could claim it for our pumpkin for the year. What a great memory. That's cool. But <clears throat> this particular summer, which was uh, 1978, um, their strawberries were crazy. Like, they had this huge yield of strawberries. And my my mom's next younger sister, Joanne, um, she she was the only one that went away to college in that group of kids. And she had come, she had graduated from college, and she um, was living in the cities, which is Minneapolis-St. Paul, for those in the north. Okay. The cities. So she lived in and worked in Minneapolis. She was kind of like the Mary Tyler Moore, you know. <laughs> Just, she worked in the building where Mary Tyler Moore throws her hat. That's great. So anyway, she was my cool aunt. Well, she happened to come home, was home for that weekend. And uh, Mom and I and my aunt and maybe my brother, I don't know, and my grandpa and grandma, we picked strawberries that morning. Well, we picked the strawberries, and it was lunchtime then, and Mom and I went home, and my grandmother and Joanne were then going to go into Sparta, where my mom's youngest sister lived. And okay. um, Darlene had a little, uh, my cousin was about a year and a half then, and they were going to go see Darlene and Nicole. So um, Mom and I go home, and Mom's fixing lunch, and... Back then, scanners were really big, police mm-hmm. scanners, and, you know, everybody had a scanner. Right. And my dad had been out in the garage, and he came in, and he said, something just came over the um, scanner. There was a car accident. Oh, no. Um, at the root beer stand in, in t- Highway 21. And he said, you think your your mom and Joanne would be? And mom, well, I don't know, and... So she called, she ended up calling my Aunt Darlene. She said, Are, you know, did Mother and Joanne make it? And Darlene says, No, I can't figure out where they are oh, either. No. I thought they'd be here by now. So Darlene sent her husband, Dave, and Darlene lived like less than oh, probably two or three blocks from where this accident had happened. So um, there was a picture in the newspaper. Um, after this happened, and um, so my uncle Dave went with Nicole, and um, it was Joanne's car. Oh no! 
so what had happened was they were um, going down, what is that street, Water Street? I think so, Water, Water Street, and it meets, and that goes through downtown Sparta, and then it meets Highway 21, and back then, there was a root bear, N.W. root bear stand, it would be on the right where they're headed, and 21 crossed um, that intersection, and 21 led to, um, it was called Camp McCoy at the time, it's Fort McCoy now, but there's an army installation just a few miles outside of Sparta. Yes, ma'am. Well, it was raining that at the time, and a big army truck. Oh, no. Um came and Joanne was crossing and it T-boned them on my grandmother's side. So um, she was badly injured. She had a head injury. Her ear was pretty much taken off. It was just kind of hanging, her right ear. And um, they ended up um, taking her by ambulance um, first to the Sparta Hospital, and then they sent her on to um, La Crosse, Wisconsin, which is the next bigger town. Yes, ma'am. Bigger hospital. And um, my Aunt Joanne ended up, later that day, she refused treatment, but she ended up having a collapsed lung. Um, oh, wow. So I think she was hospitalized a couple days. But anyway, Grandma was in a coma for... I think five weeks. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. And her her injury, she got hit on the right side of her head. And that, you know, they fixed her ear. They were able to attach it. And, you know, her hair was over it. You couldn't see the scarring of it. But her eye, her right eye, was permanently pushed in for the rest of her life. And um, so... My grandpa. So that's how I start well, telling this. Did it affect her cognitively? Oh yes, yes, oh, okay. yes, yes, All yes. Right. But prior to this happening, my my memories of my grandfather, my mom's, my my grandfather had a lot of migraine headaches. Um, he was not sociable. He was not. Um, he didn't interact with the kids. You know, I was the right. oldest grandchild on that that side of the family. Um, there was a whole bunch of us, but. Um, just not a wasn't a happy person. I mean, I right. don't I don't know how else to describe it. Um, yes, ma'am. But now that I know his childhood, you know, it makes sense. Sure. But anyway, that being said, um, that car accident. Um, so Grandma was in the hospital all all that summer, and um, in a coma. And my brother and I never saw her. Um, the day of the accident, my, you know, of course, mom and dad rushed to there at, to the hospital and then dropped my brother and I at my, my dad's sister's house, and that's where we stayed. And um, so we never got to see grandma, you know, um, but she started coming out of her coma, and she had short term memory loss. And so as her brain was regenerating and relearning, which I really wish I knew about that stuff then because it would be really fascinating now to see it but she remembered um from her past forward like if you went in her room she would think i was her sister or her mother or my dad would be her father right and you know and she just progressed it was just really you know you'd walk in and she'd say oh 
what are you doing here, Lena? You know, her sister. I'm like, no, Grandma, it's Rhonda, you know. Right. But that's how her brain healed. Well, when she finally got where she knew people, then she had this short-term memory, so loss, and so she couldn't remember what she had for breakfast or, Mm -hmm. you know. But she'd remember her past. Wow. And she would would often say, um, now... Did did I have breakfast today, or did was it today I went? You know, did we go? The, you know, she it was that type of thing. Right. So, um, but anyway, when she started coming out of her coma, um, then the adults felt it was okay for the the kids to come and see her. I see. So, and she was in um, Lacrosse. It was called Lacrosse Lutheran at the time. It's Gunderson Hospital now, but. So one day, my brother and I get to go to the hospital, and we get up on the floor. My mom says, no, stay here while I um, see how Grandma is first. You know, I'll come and get you. I just want to make sure. So sure. my brother Clark and I, we went in the in the lobby or in the waiting room. And I'll rem- I remember it was a room with glass windows, like a wall of glass. And it was kind of a corner a square room and the, the these two 90 degree angle were windows and we we're sitting there and we we're looking at the tv watching you know waiting for my my mom and around the corner i can see my grandpa coming and clark and i both kind of shrink down in our seats you know because we're i mean we really were afraid of him right you know, he was never mean to us or anything but just right. just gruff we're f- afraid of him and we're just looking straight ahead. I don't know if my brother remembers this or not, but we're looking straight ahead, and he comes and he sits. Like I think there was a space between us, and he sat, sits down right between us, and he says, how are you guys doing? I'm like, Whoa. Fine. <laughs> and, well, that's good. And um, from that moment on, he was a totally different person towards us really he was personable he asked about us i mean it it was just like night and day that's remarkable yes yes so there's very fond memories now from that right forward right of, of my grandpa but my grandmother then um she um this is how things just really impacted my life from then on. Um, so she had this short-term memory loss, and but she was doing great. Like physically, she was in really good shape. You know, um, no other in- injuries, no internal injuries, just the brain injury. So they were getting ready to send her home. Mm-hmm. Well, um, everybody's feeling good. You know, Grandma's doing well, and my mom. I don't know how soon after I had seen her, but shortly after, maybe a week, I don't know. My mom goes to the hospital to visit her. They're getting ready to discharge her. And the nurse sees her, my mother, before she can go in Grandma's room. And she says, oh, Rosemary, just a minute. I have to, your mom had a really bad night. So just be prepared. Oh, my mom, wow, what happened, you know? So she goes in, and my grandma is just drugged up and laying there oh no so the theory is that um grandma was feeling so good got up to use the bathroom saw herself in the mirror for the first time 
Oh, no. And probably freaked out. Right. So at the time, and as a nurse now I know, but at the time, um, the drug Haldol was fairly new, and they had given her that and um, to sedate her and calm her down. Um, she was still healthy, you know, and they ended up discharging her, but they kept her on this drug. Yes, ma'am. Well, one of the side effects of drugs like these is you um, get tremors. Um, there's just really, really bad, bad side effects for it, for continual dosing of it. You know, it, it's a good short term, but at the time, I don't think they realized. Yes, ma'am. So Grandma moves home, and um, she starts having these symptoms, and she um, loses the ability to walk. They have to put her in oh, a wheelchair. No. Um, she gets very constipated, um, impacted, and she starts this tremor on her hand. Like, just, it cannot stop. Just constant doing this. Well, this is probably late fall, you know, and my grandpa is home with her. And he was going back to work, but... Where did he work? He was still working for the county okay. um, at the time. Okay. And my mom ended up that fall, um, she was working in the school, in the elementary school where I went, my brother and I went, as a teacher's aide. Uh-huh. So she ended up taking a leave of absence so she could stay with Grandma during the day while Grandpa worked. Well, that was fine, but Grandpa... The symptoms didn't end when Grandma went to bed at night. I mean, she was she was twenty four hour nonstop care. Oh, so um, I was told in the story that this was like November of that year then, and um, I can remember going up there and they lived in a ranch house and Grandma was in a wheelchair and there was a hallway you know the front of the house was the kitchen and the dining room and the living room and then up the hallway and on the other side of the hallway was were the bedrooms and a bathroom three bedrooms and a bathroom <clears throat> and we would um she would say just push me in my wheelchair just push me she just constantly had to be moving which was a natural thing for her because she never stopped moving you know and I'd push her around and around and around. We would, we'd take turns, my brother and I, and if there were other cousins, and, and she'd say, oh, I'll give you $100, I'll give you $100. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, really? Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll give you $100. I mean, just her verbal was as continuous as her tremor, you know. Just. Right. So anyway, um, it was straining on my, my grandpa, draining on him, and one day my Aunt Darlene, told my mom, I think, said that um, they were talking, well, maybe in the spring things will be better. And my grandpa said, if we're still here in the spring. So my mom and my aunt took that to mean they were getting pretty desperate. Like right. my grandpa was getting pretty desperate. Um, so what they ended up doing, and this is the miracle, one of the first miracles I've I have seen in my life. It's so cool. So, um, you know, lacrosse had all the big doctors, the big tests, you know, all the big, it's kind of like the Vanderbilt, you know, everybody's right. got to go to Vanderbilt because right. that, they've got the best. And <laughs> right. So um, they decided, my aunt worked for a doctor in the Sparta hospital. 
small town, you know, old school, Dr. Brown, you know, very conservative in treatment. She said, we're taking Mother tomorrow, and we're going to sit in his office until we can get in. We don't have an appointment, but we're taking her because something is not right. So Mom and Darlene loaded Grandma up in the wheelchair, and they went to the clinic, and they sat there. For the old school Dr. Brown? For the old school Dr. Brown, not the the lacrosse. No, right. And they sat there, and they sat there, and sat there, and they finally got in. I, I got it written down, but a good part of the day they sat there, and they finally, Dr. Brown saw them, and they went in, and he said, what can I do? And, um, you know, they laid it all out. This is what we're dealing with. And you could see what Grandma was doing. You know, he could. Sure. She, it was horrible. You know, she couldn't walk. And so he said, well, the only thing I know to do is to hospitalize her and take her off everything that she's on. Just stop every medication she's on. Right. And he said, it might kill her. And they said, well, yeah. we don't know. I mean, right. we got to do something. So he admitted her. This was it's really cool. This is November 15th. It's cool you remember the day. Uh, yeah. Well, I remember it because the next day was my mother's birthday. Ah. And she goes to the hospital to see her mother. And as she walks by the nurse's station, the nurse says, happy birthday, Rosemary. And my mom says, how did you know it was my birthday? And she said, your mother oh, no. told me. And she walked into my grandma's room, and my grandma's sitting up in bed, smiling. And she said, happy birthday, Rosemary. Praise God. Yep. So, she, um, I don't know how long, how, how long she was in the hospital, a couple days, maybe right. a week, not real long. But she recovered, and she lived to be 85, 86. Really? Mm-hmm. And was, how old was she at this she time? She was 55 when it happened. Oh she lived another gosh. 30 years. Had the, long, uh, the short-term memory loss that right. never got corrected. Right. Um, but she was just the sweetest little lady, and my grandpa was the sweet old man, and she would... It would be funny because as I grew up then and moved away and would come back to visit with my kids, right. we'd sit and she'd say, now, what's what's that boy's name? And I'd say, well, that's my son, TJ. Right. Oh, okay. Is he, he's the oldest, right? right. You know, yeah. And then what's that little girl? I'd say, that's Hannah. Is she the oldest? You know, every right. time, you know, we had to go through the whole, whole right. thing. Um, but she always knew me, right. you know, and... How wonderful is yeah. that? That's amazing. Yeah. And it less was, was more. It That's was, crazy. Yeah. So the summer, that that following summer, um, that following summer, um, Grandpa, Grandma could take care of herself, uh-huh. but she wasn't 100%, nobody felt like she was 100% safe by right. herself sure. yet. So... I was so mad because I had a babysitting job lined up. I was going to work every day. I was going to babysit three kids. I was how, make, how were you about I would have been that time? 13 then okay. by then. Uh-huh. Going to be turning 13. And um, my grandpa tells my mom he wants to hire me. And I was going to make $35, $30 a week babysitting. <laughs> 
And before I had a say in it or anything, right. my mom saying, no, you're going to be babysitting grandma. <laughs> I was so mad. And she said, but grandpa will pay you $35 a week. So he bumped up my salary. Right. So I would go up. Mom would take me up there on Saturday, Sunday night, you know, and I I just live up there during the week. And with a piece of cake, you know, grandma right. just, you know, she was grandma. It just... You know, she'd wander outside and forget what she was doing. And, you know, I just sure. had to be there. But it was then that Tim would come. He was working second shift. And, oh, and I that's, would. That's, why the, that's why the chuckle. Okay. Yes. Yes. So he would come, and I had this big uh, crush on him. And that's kind of how our. That's so how cool. we How we really met. That's so, so cool. I was working second shift, so all my friends were. Working day shift. Working day shift. Right. I was working, they were off, and so during the day I had nobody to hang around with, and I'd go out and shoot bow. He'd shoot bow, and... Mm-hmm. That's great. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so... Do you yeah. have any um, do you have any idea how your grandparents made it to that area? Were their parents from that area? Do you know anything about their parents? So, um, well, the Johnson name is very common, um, there's some Dutch, there's German. Um, I, I'm not quite sure who, how they came. I know my, my grandmother's side that has had an extensive work done in genealogy. Right. Grandpa's side, um, I'm not quite so sure. Um, I know it was through, like, I remember his father, or I don't know if I was still alive, or pictures of him. Right. But anybody before his father, I don't. No. I don't know anything. Okay, now this was your mother's? My mother's father. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the other set of grandparents? So um, so my dad's side. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my dad's side. Um, my When my mom and dad got married, they moved just down the road from her parents. They rented a house from my grandmother's sister. Okay. And I, I lived there with them till I was three. My dad's parents lived in town in Cadrack. My grandpa bought the house next door to them and remodeled it. And when I was three, we moved into that house. Okay. So from the time I was three until I got married at 18, I oh, grew up right next child. door to my dad's parents. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Memories of them? Oh, wonderful, wonderful memories. I was like royalty every time right. I walked in the door. <laughs> I can and, see that. Yeah, I mean, it just, and I went all the time, you know, sure. every three, four, five times a day. I, you know, if there wasn't anything to eat at our house, I knew Grandma had, <laughs> you know, she had a counter with snacks and she'd make me cold, make me macaroni and keep it cold in the fridge because I liked it that way. <laughs> so, and they were retired, retired. And that was the difference between my mom's parents and my dad's. My mom, my mom's parents still had children at home because she still had three children living at home when my mom got married. I see. My grandpa, my dad's grandparents, they were retired. You know, my dad was the youngest. My were they aunt. much older? Was it a different um, age or just life see, circumstances? Probably a little bit of both. I think maybe there was about a five-year age difference okay. um, between them, but not a lot. Not, right. Not a lot, but just... 
circumstances. Well, in growing up, you really had both sets of grandparents for mm-hmm. part of your life. That's mm-hmm. really neat. And some great grandparents, I remember too. So that's really, really yeah. neat. Yeah. So um, my my this is the part. Like I wish my dad's dad Merle knew you, or you knew Merle, because Merle was a hoarder. I mean, collector. <laughs> Are you saying meat? I said she, she's calling me a no, hoarder. No, well, I don't know. I haven't been that to your sto- I haven't been to your store in a while, so yeah, I don't know. I'm a hoarder. But, I am. but Grandpa was when he Grandma. Everything has a story. Everything has a story, right? And um, oh, that reminds me. I gotta go get that. We might have to pause so I can get it. Sure. Um, Grandpa had um, he had his own number. For an auction company, like really, yes. like his number. <laughs> he had his own number, That's great. and um, he was an auction guy. And how do I talk about Merle? Oh, he he was a funny guy. So I lived next door, and in the summertime, I would be there all the time. You know, I'd get home right. from school, I'd go over to Grandma's, you know, to get a snack. Well. <laughs> One day, a school bus appeared in their back lot, you know, and they lived in town, but they had like a three-acre lot, and it's it was woods behind us, and um, they would he'd have sheds, you know, and right. this, that, and the other, and I'd be sitting there, we'd be watching us roll turns or Prices Right or something, and I'd look at the TV and I'd see something, and I'd say, Where, "Where'd you get that?" Oh, your grandpa got it in an auction the other day. <laughs> or if I'd show up and grandpa wasn't there, I'd say, well, where's grandpa? Oh, he loaded up the trailer and he went to an auction, you know. <laughs> and then about 3 o'clock, he'd come home and this trailer would be loaded with stuff. That's great. So when grandma, grandma died first, and um, she was 90, Wow, Helen, and uh, she... Died in a nursing home. Grandpa lived on his own till he died at 93. But my Aunt Carla, after Grandma died, she would come and say, why don't we go through some of this stuff? And, you know, because he, after Grandma died and wasn't living in the house, you know, he'd start developing those narrow pathways. Right. And she'd say, "Let's nope, nope, just leave it, just leave it. And he wouldn't <laughs> let her do, it, do anything. Well, when he died, then they had an auction. It was a two-day auction. Wow. The outside was first, and the inside was the next day. And I have... People came from all over Wisconsin for this auction. Rhonda's pulling out some pictures, I'm pick, by the way. I'm pulling out pictures. Um, I believe there were 19 refrigerators. Oh, my Lord. Stocked full. Full. Right. And so they were auctioned off by the refrigerator, and you had to buy what was the contents, the contents of it mm-hmm. lord yeah i would love this guy yes you would love him <laughs> gas cans galore remarkable um uh grandpa was a collector of maytag motors oh my gosh and those would be worth now oh they were worth a lot then and yeah i somebody will correct me somebody on this but Grandpa would, in the summer, of course, we didn't have air conditioning in Wisconsin. You uh-huh. know, you just opened your windows at night with those hot. Inevitably, every Saturday morning when I could sleep in, I'd have my window open. He'd 
start up his Fire motor. up those motors. <laughs> and right next door. You right. Know, That's too funny. And <laughs> I could be wrong, That's but. That's so great. I think I remember hearing like he had 3,000 at one time and sold, oh my sold a whole bunch. Yeah. But this is the part that you're going to love. Story. So, I love it all so far. I know, so, but okay. this is this is just my favorite. Well, no, I have a lot of favorites, but so Grandpa um, in 1976, bicentennial year mm-hmm. of America, our little town in Cadrag, um, my mother belonged to uh, a homemakers club, Cadrag Country Gals, they called it, and. Their one big thing that they did um, was in the fall, on the first day of gun hunting in Wisconsin, they would have a Christmas bazaar, and all the ladies would make all these little crafts, and they'd set them up in the school, and people would come, and be a big deal. Like lots and lots of people came. Well, somewhere along the line, these ladies had the chutzpah to say, "We're going to have a parade for the bicentennial year." And the, um, the the parade, so this is cataract. I'm going to show you a picture. Okay. Aerial view. Aerial view. So this is, this is cataract. Um, where am I here? So my house is, my house is right Am I looking at this right? Tips. Okay. So my house is right here. My grandparents are right here. Tim is right here. Wow, so close. But this parade circled this thing. This is Highway 27, the main highway that went through right. Cataract. This parade, um, the, it was almost from front <laughs> where the the ending the end of the parade was the beginning was. I mean, it just <laughs> and people came from all over Wisconsin for this parade. Really, mm-hmm. that is so cool. They had marching bands, um, floats, you name it. Um, but my grandpa, he got a hay wagon from my my aunt Carla. Her husband was a farmer. He was a beef farmer, and he got a hay wagon from them. He put. A display of his Maytag motors. Oh my, my mother gosh. made a Betsy Ross costume for me, and I rode oh in the parade. Oh my gosh! How wonderful! <laughs> and I threw candy. And then there's an oh. old Maytag washing machine. Right, right. And that little sign says Merle Ta- Merle's Maytag motors. That is remarkable. That's just Americana right there. Yes. That's amazing. <laughs> and John, that day instilled in me um, a love for America. Like right. back then, you know, thank God we didn't have social media. So you know, true. we never knew who was Democrat or Republican. And that day, I, it's just so vivid to me of riding on that parade and just seeing people, Americans, right. cheering. Yeah. For America. The flags. And yes. Yeah, I, I remember. It was so beautiful. Tim, can you go down 
I'll have to, I'll have to go get it because I'm going to tell that story too about that picture. It's in the um, furnace room. My mom's picture of the, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but we did that in. It just, I just, yeah. I'm so grateful to be an American. Oh, so am I. I know what you mean. Even without, mean. even with the trouble, you know, even in, I mean, the 70s had its problems, but that day there I, weren't any. I pray that, um, that young people will f- be able to feel that again mm-hmm. someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I pray that to be the case. So, uh, I'm a little confused. Um, so, are you the eldest? Child? In my family, yes. I have a younger okay. brother. Because mm-hmm. you had mentioned Clark. Yeah, Clark. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He's so. three years younger than I am. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So I had a I have a lo- I had a love for my grandparents that right. I I know my I had um two cousins my aunt had two children, but they lived like four miles away, so I mean I got to come every single day. Clark Clark would come but not like I was just drawn to Grandma. She and right. I were kind of kindred spirits, and yep. um, you know, and good food and snacks, and right. <laughs> and the red carpet. You know, you, well, you just, know, and I, and I really think that you know a, a lot of people that I've spoken with, and myself included, we didn't live close to our grandparents, but we were very close to them. Every time we had a chance mm-hmm. to to go, we went, and I really enjoyed being around them. But I think part of my love for uh, Part of my um, feeling of that legacy and, and love for that that thread of history and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. I really think uh, was because I was raised around people that were generationally a couple of generations away from me and talked about yeah. you know those kind of things and whatever else. There, there's something that's um, there's something that's real important about the relationship of family, uh, even extended, um, that I think we. We're missing a little bit mm-hmm. now. It, um, you know, we knew our neighbors and we mm-hmm. saw our grandparents, mm-hmm. and we sat in the same room and listened to them talk about things. And uh, you know, Christmases were more than just the four of my family. Right. You know, it was it was bigger than that, and mm-hmm. it was not about just that. Right? And I don't know. Um, there's something very special about mm-hmm. that, but it make it makes a different type of person. I can almost tell when I first sit in doing this now. Mm-hmm. I think you're the 63rd person yeah. I've been blessed to do this with, um, but um, I can almost tell just a few minutes into a conversation with somebody if they had that relationship mm-hmm. with extended family or not. Mm-hmm. It's funny; it, it changes a person yeah. in some way. Okay, I'm intrigued Good about memories. the picture. Okay, so there's two things. This is one of them, but I want to tell you one other thing that happened um, in my family where the two families crossed. Okay. So my uh, Tim mentioned Brian, his best friend, who is right. my uncle. Right. Well, um, Brian and Dee Dee got married in 1980. Tim and I got married in 1985. So the uncle on which side? My mom's youngest brother. Gotcha. He was okay. the baby of the family. Okay. And he was the baby. Believe me, he was the baby. <laughs> <sighs> so, even after Grandma got hurt, he was still the baby. <laughs> so, um, anyway, Brian, we had our son, TJ, in 
1986 in March. In September of 1986, they had their first son, Cody. Okay. And TJ and Cody were as opposite as opposite could be. I mean, TJ was super into um, reading and video games and... um, Cody was super into trucks and, you know, those boy things, you know, and never the twain shall meet. I mean, they just, TJ would play, but it wasn't his, you know. Right. But they loved each other. And when we were in the Navy and we'd come home for Christmas or whatever, those two played like no time had passed, you know. Right. They, they got along really, really well. And TJ was a blonde and Cody was a redhead and just, you know, all growing up. Right. Well, um, and... 2007, August of tw- August 20th, 2007. Um, by then, TJ was he was still in college. He was still in college. We had two in college. Sarah was just going to start college, and we had been on a trip. And we had just gotten home. Um, we had gone to the beach for our first time ever. We had traveled from Millington down to Gulf Shores, and. Um, we're just kind of we're getting ready to we got the college thing going on getting everybody ready to go to school and Sarah had we'd already taken Sarah to Knoxville and um, my mom calls and she's like oh mom I just oh I oh my god I can't believe I'm saying this I can't believe I'm saying this oh my god I'm like oh my god mom what what is it and she I just can't believe she just cannot get it out she just keeps saying I can't believe like what is it mom she said Cody was killed this morning oh my lord what oh my god oh my god i mean we just both kept saying it over and over and she said yep he was killed this morning well this is probably a good place to stop for the day please catch the whence we came project podcast on the stonecom website or on spotify or wherever you get your podcast as well as on sundays from two to three on 94.1 radio and remember everyone has a story You just have to ask.